are back. Said of Acantus in the chat. Man, it's good to see you. Haven't talked in a while. Hope all is well. Says he's off um, security until 11. Catch you on the flip. Catch you on the flip. My dude. Said of Acantus. Welcome back. It's been a minute. <laughs> it has been a minute, but I am back here. Back at it. Back in it. We're doing this regularly every Saturday morning from here on out. We're back. I'm in a new apartment. I got new stuff going on. Um, got fun topics to discuss the next few weeks, so tune in. I got awesome guests coming on the streams over the summer. We're getting in it, guys. <laughs> My dudes, we're back at it. We're back in it. We're back in it. We're back at it. <laughs> and we ain't leaving, so son of a Cantus. Post Jazz, my dude, what's going on? I missed you guys in my chat. Shout out to the dudes in my chat. As always, you guys are awesome. We're back, y'all. We're back. We are back. Um, yeah, and I'm going to keep these streams going every Saturday morning from here on out. Saturday morning, um, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Let me turn on this. We're also going to be on Instagram, even though Instagram will never be able to see what we're posting. Um, the clips we're showing or the pictures. Let's get that set up. Because um, we are going to play some clips today. I'm going to read some stuff. Um, we're going we're gonna to look at some stuff. It's going to be kind of a chill stream. So anyone in the chat here, um, send me questions, comments, anything. I'll get to it. And yeah, streams Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Central Time. Every Saturday morning, live stream. Um, I have some awesome stuff coming up. Some kind of like prepared streams some like deep dives into interesting topics um that aren't necessarily going to be like live streams but they're just going to be kind of like deep dive videos i'm going to post and i'll put that on my, my social and stuff um gonna be talking about like tartaria and the old old world uh old world history we're going to talk about realm earth slash flat earth slash firmament <laughs> just all that gravy um, and we're going to deep dive into Genesis and it's gonna be like a little series. I might like premiere it live, but I'm not gonna do it live I'm gonna I'm like pre make these streams So they're a little more professional quality than me just ranting and raving on a Saturday morning on a live stream uh, Shout out Instagram. Thank you guys Laura bear. hope all is well um, Thank you for tuning in low-key bear awesome My dudes my dudes and my ladies tuning in um but yeah, we're back at it. Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, Sean V. Planet on DLive, Trovo, YouTube, and Periscope, and Twitch. I think Twitch doesn't ever work, though, so <laughs> um, I don't really care enough to figure it all out either. But supposedly I'm streaming on Twitch right now. But the main channels are obviously DLive until they kick me off, YouTube until they kick me off, and Trovo until they kick me off. And Periscope um, slash Twitter. I don't know what happened with all that. I think Periscope is non-existent, even though somehow I'm streaming there right now. And it's streaming to, like, my, I mean, someone's Twitter account. <laughs> someone's Twitter account. Um, the at not Sean V. Planet Twitter account. Um, I don't know who, I don't, I just, I have no idea who runs that account. It's just someone does it. And um, this live stream feed is going there right now. So, Thank you to not Sean V Planet. Whoever you are, seems pretty based. Seems to pretty much agree with everything I say and 
you know, has all the same friends as I do and stuff. It's weird. This like not Sean V Planet guy on Twitter, um, at not Sean V Planet on Twitter. Um, it's weird. He like has a lot of the same thoughts and opinions as me and, you know, seems to have a lot of like the same mutual acquaintances and associations. Um, so that's weird. But yeah, I just, you know, I kind of linked up and now this, this stream feed's going there. Um, but for some reason it's not Periscope anymore. So I don't really know what the deal is with that. And yeah, just some house cleaning stuff before we get into talking about cool stuff. Um, M1 Bear, shout out my dude. M1 Bear V3. Good morning. Happy Saturday, my dudes. M1 is always crushing on Telegram, which yeah, follow M1 underscore bear underscore V3 on Instagram and uh, check out his Telegram channel. It's awesome. But yeah, stream. I got some awesome guests coming up this summer, so stay tuned for all of that with amazing conversations. New Columbia Movement's coming back on. Liberty Zero's coming back on. Um, I think Garrett again is coming back on. Uh, so I have some OGs, um, maybe Rowdy Rico, hopefully, uh, my boy Timmy J, um, who runs Mountain Folk. So potentially, some of these are potential, some of them are locked in. And my mentor, which we'll talk about in a minute, I think, we'll, I'll talk about him for, for a second after I play a clip and we discuss it. But my mentor is going to come on, Don, he's just amazing. <laughs> he just keeps it so real. And yeah. Like I said, I'm going to be starting a video series called Fix and Gravy. So the Fix and Gravy series. Um, it's either going to have its own YouTube channel or it's going to be a section of my like YouTube bit shoot channels. But yeah, it's just going to be deep dives into the Bible, into like our real history, the real timeline of our Earth, actual science, <laughs> meaningful philosophical topics, and theological debates. So it's going to be kind of more deep dives and less of me just ranting and raving on a live stream on a Saturday morning. Um, and I'm going to be doing more regular, um, starting this Monday and Tuesday. It's going to be Monday or Tuesday, just depending on which night works best for me that week. But I'm going to be doing more of my devotional reading streams, the good news for my dudes streams. So if, if you want to catch up on all the old episodes of that, you can follow good news for my dudes on YouTube or the link to that, to all the videos are on my website, Sean V Planet. And yeah, now that I moved in and set up, things are going to be more regular and consistent. Sorry about the absence. Sorry about um, the uh, just not being here for y'all. I missed y'all. Andrew J, Post Jazz, Set of Acantis, Laura Bear, M1 Bear, Catherine. We got uh, Liberty Stead Bear. We got all the homies, all the ladies in the chat. I missed y'all. I'm glad I'm back. I moved in. I'm settled in. We're going to be regular. We're going to be consistent going forward. Um, and I'm just going to focus more of my time and energy on interesting, important, and needed topics and more meaningful, interesting, needed guests going forward. So I don't know if you guys are new, if anyone here is new watching live or watching this replay, I am Sean Corey. My name is Sean Corey, Sean V Planet, S-E-A-N-V-P-L-A-N-E-T. Um, find all my links on that.com, SeanVPlanet.com. Um, you're always welcome here on my live stream, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Central Time, or you can just watch the replays of it on my BitChute and YouTube channel. I am a Christian American live streamer, podcaster, and blogger based out of Nashville, Tennessee. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once enjoyed a life in the darkness of this world, but now thankfully live in the light and the love 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and serve the one true God faithfully and obediently and humbly. I'm an opinionated, truth-seeking, sacred cow slaughterer. I'm also pretty chill and uh, pretty fun to be around too. So <laughs> I'm pretty chill sometimes, you know. Uh, and yeah, just on these streams, on these live streams, if you've never been here before, I discuss theology, philosophy, society, truth, love, family, faith, loyalty, and hope. Faith, loyalty, and hope. Let's see if I can get this right on my screen. Faith, loyalty, hope. Three crucial things I think everyone should apply in their lives. Three crucial foundations or pillars that you should build your life around. And it will be amazing. You can find all my links and all my stuff at SeanVPlanet.com. And follow me on YouTube, BitChute, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all the podcast places. I do this live stream. It's a video stream. You can watch the video at BitChute and YouTube for the clips and the memes that I put up as I'm talking and ranting and rambling. Um, or you can just listen to me rant and ramble on the podcast apps, the Sean V. Planet channel and all that. And you can follow me on Instagram, Telegram, Gab. And Baratari Times app, that's where I am most of the time. Occasionally I post things on Social Galactic, but I'm beefing with dudes on Social Galactic apparently, so <laughs> I don't really like to go on there. And if you want to join my Discord, which is more intimate and cool, and we share a lot of interesting stuff on there with some homies, some OG bears, um, the link to that is in my show notes. Wherever you're watching or listening, you can probably find or see my Discord invite link and you can join that. As well as my P.O. Box um, address, which I also post in my show notes or just on my website. Um, if you want to send me cool letters or cool stuff. And that is where we're going. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So uh, I have some pamphlets and uh, testimony that I'm going to read today. Probably like, well, we got some stuff to cover and talk about for a second. And then get to some chat stuff, I guess. Um, but we're eventually going to read this testimony that was sent to me. Um, I don't think the person, I've reached out to the person who might also be coming on my stream in the future. We'll see about that. But someone sent me this person's testimony that I think they sent them. And it's pretty interesting. And I'm going to read it. It might be long. It might be boring. I loved it. I resonated with it. It was very similar to my story. We're going to read it. We're going to talk about it. It's amazing. But yeah. And donorbox.org slash Planet. if you have extra money to spare, don't waste any of your money on me. But if you have extra money and you want to help me out financially, I would appreciate it. I would love it. I'm trying to finish up getting out of debt here this summer and then start saving up and buying land. Land in Tennessee. Um, and eventually, step by step, build a homestead and one day eventually build a castle on the land. So help me. <laughs> help me build my castle my dudes and my ladies and yeah just appreciate all the love and support even though i've been gone even though i've been slacking i'm sorry i got everything settled and figured out and we're gonna be more regular um going forward yeah speaking of the p.o box i'll send me letters i have some pen pal relationships we you, you guys know my p.o box um but we're gonna read some pamphlets that people have sent me People send me candles. I'm, I'm a candle guy. <laughs> I'll appreciate any gifts and any letters you want to send in my P.O. box. It's uh, 330-172, Nashville, Tennessee, 37203. I believe that's right. Double check my show notes or uh, <laughs> double check the show notes to make sure that's right. But yeah, send me any cool things, interesting things that you have to my P.O. box. I would love it. 
Um, I, I get some awesome letters. I have some pen awesome pen pals, and I get people <laughs> that's just started sending me like church denominational pamphlets, like little. <laughs> We're not gonna read these. These are long, but just people just send me like pamphlets, and so I wanted to talk about it and read them today, as well as this testimony that was sent to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, if you have any chats, any Instagram, you're not going to be able to see some of the clips I post real quick or any of the memes I post. So sorry about that, Instagram. But if you're watching on DLive, YouTube, Trovo, Periscope, Twitch, I don't think Twitch works. But if you're watching on any of those and you're in the chat, send me questions, send me comments. I'll get to them. Um, and yeah, before I get into some of my life happening stuff, um, let's see. Andrew J, my dude, my mod, what's going on? Set of a cantist, we ain't leaving. F California, I'm done with the state and family. We would love to have you in Tennessee, my dude. <laughs> said, my boy said, get over, move out of California before it crumbles um, and get over to Tennessee. Tennessee, Missouri, Oklahoma. I think those are West Virginia. Those are my four. I mean, Idaho's the obvious one, right? Bears no, right? We get it. You get it. We get it. Idaho's the, the dream destination. But if you want to be like realistic and practical and kind of in the middle of central, centrally located so that you can drive or fly anywhere um, and be kind of connected <laughs> to the rest of the world. The best states to move to, in my opinion, Tennessee is number one. West Virginia is awesome. West Virginia is up there. Oklahoma is super dope and based too. And Missouri is super dope. Um, so I would advise moving to one of those four states, son of a Kansas. We'd love to have you in the Nashville area, for sure. Good people are being attracted to Nashville like a magnet, that's for sure. Um, I was called here. The Holy Spirit led me to Nashville for some reason. I'm starting to figure out why. <laughs> Handful of reasons, you know. Um, and I keep meeting people who just have the same story. Like, I don't know what happened. I don't know why, but I'm just being called and led to come here. You know, some people are like, oh, I think it's this reason. Oh, I feel like it's this reason. But for some reason, God's bringing people to Middle Tennessee like a, like a magnet. And uh, there's going to be something important, some kind of important role we have to play in advancing his kingdom here in Nashville, Tennessee. So if you feel that calling, come out here, hit me up, link up. Um, we got awesome bears that are starting to link up in the area and just awesome people. I've met so many people, so many awesome Christian groups and Christians. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. But yeah, I hope you do get out of California, Missouri. Oklahoma, two good choices. Tennessee's a great choice. West Virginia's a great choice if you want to get out of California. I see. Oh, good. Take time to make the move. Time to make the move to Odyssey. YouTube kind of dead for a while. Yeah, I, I uh, see that Owen's on Odyssey. Um, I've heard Odyssey's good. My problem is I stream here on OBS and I use Restream, which connects with OBS. OBS is my software. Restream is my website account that sends this feed out to a lot of different places. None of this links up with Odyssey. So if I want to stream with Odyssey, I have to figure out some kind of special, different kind of um, thing. But I might have to do that soon. We'll see. If I get kicked off DLive, if I get kicked off YouTube, Trovo, Periscope. <laughs> I think Twitch has already kicked me off without saying they kicked me off. But um, yeah, we'll see. Odyssey is, might be the next direction I go um, yeah 
post jazz my dude what's going on he won't buy crypto this much i know yeah i'm not buying crypto <laughs> i messed up i made the mistake i bought i had in like 2012 2013 maybe even earlier than that i had some libertarian friends that were like buy bitcoin buy bitcoin buy bitcoin i was like dude bitcoin's a scam i knew it back then too i was like there's no way like a, the federal reserve would let a competitor just run rampant I was like, there's no way it's not some secret operation run by the Federal Reserve or it was being like a, like a honey trap kind of thing. Like you're being set up by the Federal Reserve. There's no way the Federal Reserve is going to allow competing currencies. They literally go to wars with countries that try to make competing, country, com competing currencies. Like I remember Gaddafi just got bombed into oblivion and bayoneted <laughs> in places that I'm not going to say on my stream um, by angry jihadists in the desert you know it's like insane radical things take place when people try to compete with the fiat currency of the federal reserve so when people were like buy bitcoin buy bitcoin it's an alternative it's a competitor it's an alternate way of of banking and using money i was just like no no it's not no it's not <laughs> no way i don't buy it but i still did i put like 200 dollars. i was broke in college uh, I put $200, bought $200 of Bitcoins, sat on it for a year. I think it quadrupled. I had like $800, $900 or something like that. So obviously I was like, oh, okay, I made some money. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, and I got real desperate, like literally about to be evicted, desperate, broke. And I had to just pull out the money, withdrew it, took it out, paid my rent <laughs> and moved on. And then about four years later, uh, I think I would have had like, seven like i don't know eighty thousand dollars or something i did the calculation sometime hundred thousand dollars um i don't even know what it would be now but whatever like two hundred dollars worth of bitcoin in like 2012 2013 would be now that's how much money i lost so i still hold those same opinions and i still hold a little bit of a grudge <laughs> against myself for not just holding on to that money um, but overall, I just get a bad vibe from crypto, especially now that I see like YouTube ads and stuff, just like buy crypto, crypto's the currency of the future, crypto, crypto, crypto. It's like, yeah, okay. I smell a scam. I smell a rat and I sell, smell a scam and I'm not buying into it. So I will not be buying crypto. I will not have a, a crypto wallet. Um, unless we're forced to, <laughs> even that I'm not, you know. Even that. Reject it. Say no. Say no to the mark of the beast. Um, yeah, Laura Bear, howdy, what's going on? M1 Bear. Legends in the chat right now. Tried to watch on Twitch. You come up with the video, you won't play. Yeah, I think Twitch has, like, shadow banned me or something. Everything on my end says I'm good and I'm streaming on Twitch and everything's great. Like, right now, it says you're online and you're streaming on Twitch. If you go to Twitch... I think it just shows up with like a black screen. Sometimes I, someone said it, it, it was playing my audio one time with a black screen. And sometimes it just says like uh, unavailable. So yeah, I don't know what is up with that. DLive, YouTube, Trovo, shout out Trovo.live, DLive.tv, and um, not Sean V Planet on Twitter if you want to watch the Periscope feed. And I'm on YouTube as well. Live on Saturday mornings. Um... Employee 40 in 2014, first BTC wallet in US. Me compliance. BTC still bends my brain. 
Spent most of my BTC on beer smokes from 2014, 2017, yeah. Very expensive beer and smokes, yeah. Like millions. <laughs> like millions on beer and smokes. Now I invest in seeds. Hashtag learn to grow or die. Yeah. Yeah. Invest in seeds. Invest in real wealth, which is family, community, children, soil, water. That's real wealth. That's true wealth right there. Food, shelter, water, children, community, family. That's all you really need to invest your life in. Um, and castles on land in Tennessee. <laughs> that's, where, that's where I'm investing in. Um, two Acre Bear gets it. Two acre, two acre bear gets it. Gets what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, speaking of legends of the chat, I don't see him here. But shout out Wobbly Bear, and you're not gonna see this Instagram. Sorry, you people are not gonna see some of the stuff I pull pull up today. But this pick right here, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. This Wobbly Bear, shout out Wobbly Bear, drew a nice little picture of me. My hair flip, my hair part my hair flips going the opposite way of the picture and i got like a little dot i got a little like uh pimple a little acne blister thing on my face uh not pictured but shout out wobbly bear legend crushing <laughs> drew this beautiful little picture of me and i'm gonna start using it on social media and stuff i think it's awesome so shout out wobbly bear such a beauty so amazing thank you wobbly keep crushing um and yeah this thing behind me i built another thing my dudes built another thing let's talk about it um you know we all know pallet wood is so expensive these days um <laughs> we all know that wood is expensive these days you know if you have, you have a a stack of two by fours that's probably more valuable than bitcoins these days um <laughs> don't invest in cryptocurrency invest in plywood and uh, two by fours. I thought Jim Bob was wobbly. Jim Bob by wobbly. No. Wobbly did do Jim Bob, I think, and did do Owen, but this one was specifically me. You can't see that's me. <laughs> you can't see that's me right there. Yeah, shout out Wobbly. So. At my work, my job, we get tons of pallets. My job is I build walls. I build retaining walls. It's like construction. And we just get these giant pallets, these giant stacks of blocks. I think it's like, um, I can't do the math, but it's like about 50 blocks per pallet. I think each block is like 70 pounds. So do the math on that. Uh, <laughs> I think it's like 5,000, 10,000 pounds or something on these pallets. And we just have it all. It's just trash. But now... Un, you know, unlike Bitcoin, wood actually has value <laughs> and the value is skyrocketing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take apart all these pallets that are just stacked here on my boss's property like trash. And you can't see it, but over here, over to the left of this picture I'm, I'm showing of these stacks of pallets is just a burn pile. He just throws, you know, some of these, some of these pallets he has to get back to the distributors or the suppliers. And most of them, he just throws them in a burn pile and burns them. I'm like, you know what? This stuff's more valuable than Bitcoin. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead, get it, take it apart, and build something cool and interesting with it. So I did that. Took these pallets, took them down, one by one. 
not only made like a little cool cool workbench out of a stack of pallets, but took all the good pallets with the good wood, piece by piece, cut it apart, ripped it apart, hammered it out, you know, got the slats out of the pallet, um, as you can see pictured, sanded them down, made them look nice, sanded down the slats, stained some of them, made a little table, which I'm, I don't have pictured yet. Because I haven't finished building the table. Well, I'll be on a future live stream. I'll show you the finished finished um, coffee table that I'm going to make out of that. But stained some of the pallet slats down. Took it to my new apartment that I moved into. And assembled it piece by piece. And made a thing. A beautiful thing. <laughs> oh yes, a beautiful thing it is. This bad boy right behind me. Solid. Solid thing um to live stream in front of in my new apartment so yeah that's what i've been doing so sorry for the absence my dudes i've been building a thing and moving into an apartment um see you later said um thanks for popping in have a great day crush out there um check toxin codes on pallets before using Ooh, that's good that's true yeah these are just all natural wood I know a contractor who canceled two roof jobs to resell the plywood he bought before the spike. Yeah. Yeah. Someone was telling me that um, they had just finished building like a $700,000 house here in Nashville. The city outside of Nashville called Franklin. He built like a $700,000, you know, giant, huge, fancy house in a fancy, nice neighborhood in Franklin, Tennessee. And... Someone down the street was like, I want that house. Can you build me that house? Like, I just bought this plot of land, like, a few miles away. Can you build me the same exact house, you know, with the little adjustments on this plot of land? And now with the increased prices on, like, PVC pipe and plumbing um, equipment, electrical equipment, and plywood and 2 by 4s he's like, yeah, I can build you this house, but, like, now it's going to be $2 million. And the buyer was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Build it. <laughs> so like the same house that you know just one year ago he built this giant fancy house for seven hundred thousand dollars total that was the, that was the total cost of the house to just build it um the same exact house same exact plans everything same equip same exact equipment and material now <laughs> like one year half a year later is now over double the cost to build it so that's the that's the markup on uh all of our wood and piping materials thanks china <laughs> thanks china yeah shout out wobbly bear again built the thing wanted to this meme is, is awesome just want to talk about that get on instagram you can't see what i'm posting but it's an awesome awesome meme that says if the situation was hopeless their propaganda would be unnecessary and amen <laughs> amen Stay optimistic, reject despair. God and his plan are amazing. And we will get into that the rest of this stream. Remember that all of their tricks, their schemes, their lies, and all their inversions, any of their attempts to demoralize you are just proof that they are weak and you are strong. You, you, that you still have power still. That you already have victory afforded to you in Christ. And that you can only give up or lose ground to the evil and wicked forces of this world. Faith, loyalty, hope. Faith, 
loyalty, hope. Stick true to those principles and your life will be amazing. Um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> hope. Keep the hope, guys. Reject despair. Reject it all. We're going to play this clip. Again, sorry, Instagram. But this amazing clip from Vadi, Vadi Bakum. Vodi. I think it's Vodi Bakum. Um, where he explains the gospel in four minutes. Um, explains the gospel, the good news for us all in less than four minutes. Again, sorry, Instagram. You're just going to be sitting here awkwardly watching me watch this. So uh, but let's do it. Let's get into it. We want to have a full understanding of the doctrine of salvation. However, you do not have to have a complete understanding of the doctrine of salvation to be saved. What you need to know for that is very simple. That you are a sinner in need of a savior and that God has provided savior through the person and work of Jesus Christ and that you must abandon all reliance on yourself and what you can do and flee to Christ and put your trust in who he is and what he has done. You don't have to understand every aspect of that. When you come to Christ, you will not know everything about him. You will spend eternity unfolding the mystery and the majesty of who Christ is, and you will never run out of mystery and majesty. But you don't have to know all the mystery and majesty in order to know you're a sinner in need of a savior. He is the savior whom God has provided. Ah, so that we just go on and just live any way we want to? Yes. Because when you're his, he'll even change your want to. Amen? The true Christian is not the one who lives a way he doesn't want to. The true Christian is the one who has his want to changed. Amen, somebody. We're transformed and conformed to the very image of Christ so that even our desires are different. Do, do you see the difference in those two things? And this is why people don't want Christianity. You ask somebody out there, what's a Christian? Well, a Christian is a person who no longer does stuff that's pleasant or pleasing. A Christian is the one who, you know, they put their head down and they march on slowly through this life with all pleasure removed. Hey man, you want to go do so-and-so? Ah, no. Why? Enjoyable. Must not be Christian. people. 
This is a transforming reality. And when we become a part of this transforming reality, it transforms us. And we now live to the glory of God. Because we now want to live to the glory of God. Amen? That's the beauty of the covenant of redemption. So I ask you the question again, are you a Christian? So first and foremost, it's important that we get the gospel right because if we don't, there are people out there, including ourselves, who will be duped into believing that they are right with God when in fact they are at enmity with him. Amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> That's just amazing. Vodi Vakum. Um, yeah, that's amazing. But to summarize, my mentor, again, Don Lipsy, the legend, my mentor, he might be coming on the stream sometime this summer or next fall, but he says the gospel is three words. The gospel is can be summarized adequately in three words. Salvation for sinners. Salvation for sinners. We are all sinners. We all are born and raised in a broken and evil world by fallen people. It's as simple as it is. We don't want to admit that, you know? <laughs> if you're not saved, you don't want to admit that. You don't want to be like, oh, I'm a bad person. I'm evil. I'm bad. No, you don't want to admit that. Um, but the good news is that you have a choice to overcome all that, <laughs> that truth, that reality that you don't want to admit. You have a choice to overcome and a path back to righteousness. To a path back to the truth, the love, the life, and the glory afforded to you by your Creator and our God. There is salvation for sinners. And we will get into this more now. <laughs> Again, I'm going to read these pamphlets. This first one is called, All This I Did For Thee. All this I did for thee. I forget who sent me these. Sorry. Ooh burping sorry gross um i did this <laughs> all this i did for thee again i'm sorry for which one of you um i know paul sent me some pamphlets someone named cody cody something sent me a bunch of pamphlets for uh, i'm not gonna read those ones but it was like the um uh what's what's the name of them jehovah's witness i got a bunch of jehovah's witness pamphlets <laughs> <laughs> from someone named Cody. I forgot who sent me this. Um, and a couple pen pals have sent me some little pamphlets that a church gave them. That's cool. <laughs> That's awesome. It's cool seeing like everyone's different um, interpretations of the Bible um, or their different denominational practices in their little pamphlets. But these two I'm going to read are just amazing. <laughs> I just believe they are the truth. Um, no, nothing, nothing skewed about it, you know? Um, yeah. So we'll get into this. All this I did for thee. I came because of your sin. Again, we don't want to admit it. We don't want to admit we are sinners and we live, we live in sin. Um, until we have to. <laughs> until God wakes us up one way or another. But I came because of your sin. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all 
acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. If you, have, if you don't know, these are all just quote, just quote, just scripture. This is all just scripture. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's Romans. Romans 3, I think. Romans 4. All have sinned and all come short of the glory of God. I died to pay for your sin. You are a sinner. And I died. Christ died to pay for your sin. But God commandeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I arose to keep you saved eternally. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in his son. His son. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Amazing. <laughs> you must repent you must repent admitting you are guilty that you cannot do anything to save or help save yourself and that you need Jesus Christ you need salvation I tell you nay but except ye repent ye shall all likewise perish let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Not by works of righteousness are we saved, but by his mercy. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. You must trust. You must trust, putting your complete faith in Christ Jesus to save you. You must trust him to save you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, 
but have everlasting life. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Excuse me. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and yeah, we'll read this one too. And then we'll read this, this woman's testimony. Because it's amazing as well. Um, yeah. Again, anyone here in the chat, send me questions, send me comments. Your thoughts about what I'm reading. But this one is awesome. It's called The Father's Love Letter. An intimate message from God to you. The words you are about to read are true. And they will change your life if you let them. This letter comes from the heart of God to tell you that he loves you. That he is the father you've been looking for all your life. The father you've been looking for all your life. The emptiness in that void in your heart that you've been looking to fill with material pleasures, <laughs> comforts, um, imaginations, whatever it is. That emptiness inside of you is the father that you've been looking for all your life. The promises God makes in these words from the Bible are directed to his children, those who have placed their trust in God's son, Jesus, as their savior. And the good news is, you too, you too, can become a child of God. Be sure to read the last page of this pamphlet to find out more. <laughs> Again, this is an intimate message from God to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. You were made in my image. In me, you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your, in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who do not know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because... You are my child, and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand. 
for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts toward you are as countless as the sand on the seashore and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. And I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could ever possibly imagine, for I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes and I will take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your father, and I love you even as I love my son, Jesus. In him, my love for you is revealed. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son, Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home come home and i'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen i have always been father and will always be father my question is will you be my child i am waiting for you i am waiting for you Whew. <laughs> isn't that just amazing <laughs> Vivian on Vivian Gano on Instagram says, Oh, I love this. This is great to wake up to. Yes. Hope all is well, Viv. Hope all is well. Keep raising that son. Keep raising that son to be a legend and a crusher. Um, raising to be righteously masculine. Um, with noble manhood in his heart and in his mind. And he will be a crusher someday soon. So shout out Viv. Thank you for tuning in. The last page. Yeah, last page of the pamphlet. It's an awesome pamphlet. I'm going to read it again eventually on a stream. Don't don't worry. <laughs> You'll hear this again, and I'll clip this and put it on my, on my clips page channel. But it's um, so finding our way home. We were born cut off from God because of our sin. But God the Father made a way for us to come home through his Son. Jesus bore upon himself the weight of our sin, 
nailing it to the cross so that we could be born into his family. Jesus is the way to the Father. His resurrection to life from the dead signaled the victory for us. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Will you receive his gift? Tell God that you trust in his Son. The words below can help you express your thoughts for God. As I put this meme up, which is amazing. Father, I know I can't save myself, and I know you've promised to save those who repent and put their faith in Jesus alone. I trust you to forgive my sins so that I may receive eternal life. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place and make my salvation possible. I'm read that again. That's amazing. Father, my father, my true father who art in heaven, I know I can't save myself, and I know you've promised to save those who repent and put their faith in Jesus alone. I trust you to forgive my sins so that I may receive eternal life. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place and make my salvation possible. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And yeah, sorry, Instagram, you can't see it, but the rest of the stream can, I guess, podcasters. I, every time I say Instagram, I guess I should say pod, the audio listeners as well, because you can never see anything by default. But this awesome meme that I also posted on my Telegram channel, at Sean V Planet on Telegram, t.me slash S-E-A-N-V-P-L-A-N-E-T, for some fun times, <laughs> for some inspiration, some hope, some faith, some faith, faith uh, explanation, and some, and some, some righteous memes, some, some dope memes. Um, but yeah, this was on my Telegram channel, and it reads, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. From John 1, 4. And we covered John on a previous stream of mine. Go back and listen. It's an amazing stream. I did a deep dive into John of Patmos, the author of the book of John, and the other other three books, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. Uh, I think it was live stream 48. 48 or 49. I did a deep dive into John of Patmos. Let me see if I can look it up real quick. Uh, the one whom Jesus loved most. The one whom Jesus loved most. The one who was closest to Jesus the night before his death. Um, John of Patmos was a legend. <laughs> a legend. Amazing man. And yeah, 49. Livestream 49, who Jesus loved. Check it out on my channel. Bitshoot.com slash SeanVPlanet or SeanVPlanet on YouTube or any of the podcast things. You can listen or watch me break down John of Patmos, who was amazing. Livestream 49, who Jesus loved. And yeah. Ooh. All right, we're going to read this testimony. And then if anyone has any comments or questions, send them now. Send them to me. And I'll get to them after this. This might take a while. I was I read this and I have I this might actually be <laughs> I thought this might be like a 5-10 minute read. This might be like a nice half hour read. We'll see. If I do it out loud. So bear with me, get comfortable, 
<laughs> get cozy, get comfortable, because we're getting into it. But this is an amazing testimony by a female, a woman, a young woman in the Nashville area. Someone sent this to me. I think she sent it to them or gave it to them. And it's called From Darkness to Light. So again, pull that meme back up. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light leading out of the darkness. You know, in him was the life. In him was the life that you don't have because you're living in the death of darkness. So when you be born, when you are born again into his life, in him was the life that you must be born again into, exiting the death that you were born into originally in your past life, your first life. And that life that you enter into is the light of men, the light leading you out of the darkness. That's amazing. John 1 4. And yeah, I'm not going to say her name. We're going to leave this anonymous. This is amazing. And the testimony is called From Darkness to Light. A testimony. Growing up, my childhood wasn't like most children. I've often spent many days alone. That seemed normal to me. When I was in preschool, I remember smiling and thinking how great of a memory it was to play alone. I didn't think it was odd that a four-year-old would be excited and peaceful to be separated from other kids, especially kids that age. Excuse me. It's gross. That's not bourbon. Because <laughs> this is beautiful and I don't want to ruin it. I'll start over. I was, sorry. My childhood. <laughs> My childhood wasn't like most children. I've often spent many days alone. Yeah, that's crazy. Same. <laughs> Same. This might not resonate with a lot of people out there, but man, this hits me. This whole testimony that we're about to cover hits me on so many levels because it's so similar to me in my life. That seemed normal to me. When I was in preschool, I remember smiling and thinking how great of a memory it was to play alone. I didn't think it was odd that a four-year-old would be excited and peaceful to be separated from other kids, especially kids that age. Yes, loneliness was a sad habit since almost the beginning. I didn't realize how wrong this was until later. We need to be in a community. When I was almost two, I discovered that I couldn't hear at all. Many specialists claimed I would be deaf all my life, until one of them said otherwise. It was the early 90s, so medical issues weren't like it is today. I just needed tubes in my ears. This always bothered me, though. This was the beginning of realizing my own mother had issues with just accepting who I really am. She always wanted me to be like another, like my other siblings, but I just couldn't. I still never smoked a cigarette. I didn't like alcohol or parties, even though I still did, but I'll cover this more later on. <laughs> my father was physically around, but not mentally. He wasn't around like a father should be for their child. Neither of them were. This was so much fighting. There was so much fighting and chaos. There wasn't any discipline. My siblings stole from stores and basically got rewarded for it. I longed for structure. I wanted structure and a real family for so long. I wanted to go up to a police officer on duty at the parade to just take me away. 
This is what I keep coming back to whenever I wonder now if God pays attention to the cries of the young children who haven't accepted Christ yet. Does God pay attention to these kinds of cries? Maybe this was the beginning of him drawing me over to him. Obviously, I'm no expert on theology, but I still keep thinking about this. I taught myself how to ride a bike. My siblings eventually gave up, most likely due to impatience. I didn't know it then, but I believe my anxiety caused learning disabilities. I had to teach myself with everything, with no or very little help. My hometown liked drugs and parties more than anything else, so I was really alone. I often cried myself to sleep. I forced myself to go to sleep early, so I couldn't deal with the chaos anymore. I always got made fun of for this later on, but they didn't know. Fifth grade was a tough year. I learned a lot about life and death during this year. I stopped going to church because my ride moved away. I lived just two miles down the street so I could easily walk, but the cold winter months would make it seem impossible. I could have asked someone else, but what was the point? Why would I let anyone come to my home and see this mess? Their lives seemed perfect, so why would I ruin that for them? So I stopped going. I stopped caring. Church can't be too big of a deal, right? <laughs> I'm going to have to skip some of this because this is going to... I I under I overestimated how much this would be to read. Um, two months after 9-11, a boy in my class passed away. He was a great kid. He was nice and welcoming to everyone. It didn't matter if it was to the popular kids or the nerdy quiet ones like me. He treated everyone like a friend and I truly appreciated that even to this day. You might be thinking that I have experienced a ton of grief and pain during the first 10 years of my life. I would agree. These experiences have also taught me so much about life. The main one is to cherish every moment and help others even when they don't know they need help yet. Just small acts of kindness can go a long way. High school was brutal. I hated every moment of it, but I still smiled like a big old clown every day. I was miserable underneath, though. I graduated a semester early because of this. I didn't know it then, but I had a learning disability. Probably caused by all my anxiety, if I could have a guess. I couldn't learn to function, so I cheat. So I learned how to cheat. I just didn't care. I just wanted to be done. My art classes were my only escape. I didn't realize how well my drawings were. My teacher actually wanted to hang one drawing up on the wall in the hallway like the other masterpieces. I had very low self-esteem, so I didn't even consider it. Um, the time I was beginning to learn about depression and suicide was when I was 15. I never considered suicide because I always thought about the next chapter of my life. Someday, I will make it out of there. This was my hope I held on to. I admitted somewhat to myself that I had some depression with me, but maybe I just thought that was normal. I didn't know. I had no guidance or good teachers around me to confirm. I was a nerd to keep looking at anything positive. Positive quotes, positive stories. I had a positivity wall just to keep me going through these years. Um, my siblings were getting more involved in parties and drinking and drugs. It seemed like every weekend there was yet another party. I often stayed in my bedroom with the door locked. My friends were the same way. I only hung out with them because it was just someone else to talk to and hang out with. I didn't care about dating, but they did. 
parties also. They eventually thought how normal one-night stands were. I was alone. I often cried out if there was anyone who truly cared or if I would just go on my entire life suffering. I remember thinking about God at one time. I was in full hatred and disgust. If God was really there, then why did I have to go grow up like this? Why wasn't he there? If he loved the world so much, then why was I suffering so much? Why was I in this family? Why did I feel so broken? If he cared, he would be there. If he was so great, like I've heard a thousand times before, then where was he? Where was he when I was crying myself to sleep every single night? Why was he there for so many other people, but not me? I declared out loud in my bedroom one day, I don't ever want to believe in God. I've had it with the God talk. I eventually had to clear up the abandonment issues I've had with God later on. College. Exciting, right? <laughs> Not exactly. I was starting to find myself, which of course is a good thing, but I was lost in many other ways. I was definitely excited not to be in high school anymore. Next chapter. Um, anxiety was real. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew with a business degree I could get a job literally anywhere with that. That was my goal. I didn't care where I ended up. I just needed to get out of the state after. Unfortunately, the party phase didn't end in high school. This time more with legal drinking and bars. I tagged along because my longing for community and friendships was too strong. I discovered online dating. I discovered the, quote, joys of a one-night stands that my, quote, friends often live for. College came with stalkers and witnessing a stabbing and many other odd stuff. I couldn't leave my dorm room one time because one stalker wouldn't leave the hallway for a couple hours. I was trapped in the tiny room. College didn't feel very safe eventually. But who would listen and who would believe me? Before I transferred colleges, I was still living at home. That became hard because I was often so tired of studying. I would often get into fights with family because I was the only one with a car. Whenever I said no to going to the store for cigarettes or alcohol, it often turned into World War III. I eventually just gave up. I went to the store because I got, I got tired of the fighting. It would be the final weeks, and yet the fighting continues. There's a reason why I don't touch any of these even today. I was looking forward to my escape. Did college have to be that complicated? It seemed like everyone else around me was having a great time. Again, I was often left just wondering if anyone else could relate. I discovered faith again, kind of. <laughs> I decided to attend a midweek Bible study and during my first year of college. I remember that group. They were really nice and definitely a good break from all the chaos I've been experiencing. The study for that semester was on John. <laughs> yeah, a little synchronicity there. Forgot about that part. John of Patmos. <laughs> Shout out John of Patmos. I have no clue what they were talking about um, for the few weeks I went. What I didn't like about this group was that they would go around the room taking turns to read. This made me uncomfortable, especially when everyone else seemed to have a different version of the Bible. I was lost most of the time and overwhelmed, so I quit. My second faith attempt was at college number two. Of course I was nervous because my first attempt, but thankfully, this one was different. This had a worship gathering too, which was at their house. I liked it here. Everyone was so transparent and welcoming. Since it was their home, I loved the cozy atmosphere as they would play the songs. 
I watched, I loved watching people. As I look back now, they definitely had a strong heart for the Lord. This was a big moment I needed. This was a light I needed during my years of wandering and lost years. I still appreciate this experience to this day. What a huge impact it had on me. Unfortunately, the salvation part didn't take much, didn't take much of a part here. I didn't recognize the need for a savior as much. I was still heavily influenced into other ungodly activities. Another thing that didn't change for me this season of life was my love of positivity. Whenever I felt down, I would Google positive and encouragement quotes. I was given a Bible during these years, the same one I have now, but unfortunately it was covered with dust for so many years on the bottom of my bookshelf. I didn't have the heart to throw it away though. Something kept me from doing so. Tennessee. <laughs> Woohoo. College graduation is finally here. I was excited for many different reasons, obviously. My family surprisingly came, but half of them left the ceremony halfway through. They all quickly left right after the ceremony, so no celebration of my hard-earned success. Me and my dad were starting to turn things around, so I absolutely begged him to stay a little bit and just go have a celebratory dinner. So here's a big red flag. Having to sincerely beg your own parent to celebrate a huge accomplishment is something wrong. I knew at this time that a parent's love for their child should be unconditional, but I still didn't have it. He eventually agreed to getting pizza, but quickly left after. I know I should be grateful that they still showed up in the first place, but a celebration would have been nice. I was left alone in a single motel room while all my friends were with their families on graduation night. When college was ending, I began searching in other states for jobs and opportunities. I didn't care what job or in what state. I needed to be gone. I couldn't handle the fighting and the chaos anymore. I finally got a job offer right in Nashville. I debated because, ugh, really? Music City? Seriously? <laughs> Hater. Hating, hating on Nashville. I eventually thought it might be perfect because if things ever changed with my family, it would be a good location. I also have family right over in Arkansas, between Minnesota and Arkansas. Tennessee is close enough yet still far away to escape and have my own life. So of course I went. Unfortunately, bad habits went with me. I found dangerous crowds, drinking and partying again. I've lived in places where it was common to have the police show up on a regular basis. Two years after, you, after moving to Nashville, I pulled out that Bible for the first time. Are you surprised that I packed it with me? I guess it had sentimental value from that second faith attempt that I couldn't throw it away. It was special in my heart for a reason. I had started to read it, but I had no clue how to understand it. There was a church that caught my attention a few times. Maybe if I'll go, I would get some answers. I think I showed up 20 minutes early the first time. I was completely nervous. There's no way I could belong here. What would people? What would I say to people? Did I wear the right clothes? What do I do? I was a mess and I haven't even walked in yet. I waited until a couple minutes before service began to finally enter those front doors. I was so nervous if anyone would talk to me. Um, eventually I did. It was a smooth journey from the start. The first day wasn't too bad. I enjoyed myself and wondered why I was scared in the first place. I was excited and a little sad I had to wait a full week of chaos to attend another service, but I hung in there. 
I didn't with I didn't talk to anyone this first time, but I was prepared and determined for my second visit. They were so nice. A few weeks later, I discovered how awkward it is for a newbie during the voting of a new pastor. I had no clue what to do here. Stand up awkwardly and leave while the potential new pastor talks, or just sit through it all and be awkward during the voting process. I somehow stayed. After the awkward moments, it was neat to watch what happened after. They all cheered and clapped, ready for the next adventure together. I still remember what he talked about that day. It stuck with me to this day. After a few more good weeks, I started talking to more people. One lady invited me to the Bible study group. I happily accepted and followed her into the room. What a great experience. The fact that I was still influenced with other bad choices that my life brought had led me away from my church life, so I eventually stopped going. I moved closer to work soon after, of course moving into an apartment with a boyfriend at the time. I thought it was all good and nothing to fear. Months later, my attention focused on another church. I kept staring on my way to work. There was just something about this church I couldn't explain it, but I needed to go in one day. So one October day, I decided to wake up earlier and attend. I was nervous because of the previous experiences, but I walked through those doors. This first experience, I kept my head down most of it and was determined if anyone would talk to me, I would just ignore and turn away. I was stubborn and wouldn't have it. Um, <laughs> it was okay, but I didn't go back until nine months later. Now I know why people go to church in groups. They wouldn't delay it for as long as I did. I was nervous this time. This time was also the introduction of a new pastor. I still have no clue why I happened to go to churches with the start of a new pastor. I still didn't care though since it helped me calm my nerves and realize I wasn't the only newbie here. I did talk to the welcome desk after this time. She mentioned that it was also her first day helping at the desk. I joked wondering if I missed the grand opening sign out front since there seemed to be a lot of newbies that day. Those two helped my calm my those two helped calm my nerves to continue the next week. I loved it. I loved the people. It took me a while to join a group though. I wasn't sure about it. I guess I was dealing with confidence and acceptance issues. When I finally did, it turned out to be a good experience. Now, <laughs> I noticed red flags in the beginning here, but I chose to ignore them. Big mistake. Now we're getting on to it. Salvation. <laughs> Stick with me here, guys. Stick with me here. Salvation. It took me a while to come forward with my need for a savior. In some ways, I wanted to, but I was scared. I decided to attend a Wednesday night service after a disastrous week of chaos and tears. I needed to be encouraged so badly. When I was driving home from work one day in tears, my attention was drawn to the church. I knew it was a Wednesday and started thinking about what time the service was. In 10 minutes, in 10 minutes, I drove in the lot. I had no clue if I belonged there, but I just needed to try. I walked in and mostly elderly were around. I became nervous and wondered if this was for me or not, but I still found a seat. The message was exactly what I needed at exactly the right time. Encouragement. I think it was somewhere in Psalms, if I remember correctly. I was filled with tears that night. A few days after this experience, I was admitted to the hospital. I often just stared at the ceiling, just wondering about God. Did he care? Did he love me? If so, then I wanted to learn more. This was when I decided to join a group. I started learning about God in more ways than I ever could imagine. 
It was also overwhelming. I'll share that later. <laughs> a few months after this experience, I walked. I decided to walk down another hallway for the first time on a Wednesday evening. I have no kids, so I'm in, so I'm in no place to go into the children's wing. I enjoyed the photos on the wall. I also discovered the church office was also down this hallway. During my moment of searching, I met a staff member. He was the administrator or some other title, I forgot. We started talking about salvation and what church really means. He shared about the importance of their upcoming communion. We talked for a little while before service. He gave me Bible verses to look into for learning about church. Later that week, I shared that I think I want Jesus in my life for good, and I'm ready to declare that on Sunday. Things changed, though. That Sunday was an absolute disaster. I could barely make it through service and was constantly in tears. It was no more for me. He found me shortly after service, but I was too busy packing things up to leave. I told him that I couldn't do this church thing anymore and literally ran out of that building in tears. I was done. Or so I thought. <laughs> he reached out later to see if we could schedule a meeting with him and the pastor that week. I was in no place, but I reluctantly agreed. I almost canceled a, gaz a gazillion times. I made it to the church 45 minutes early. I recognized the pastor's car. It was the only other one in the lot. I still remained in the lot alone. I just cried out, wondering why I am here. I kept looking at a drawing I had made. It was a drawing of a cross. If there was any meaning of why I was there, I almost left two times. During the third attempt, I saw my new acquaintance drive around the corner. I was trapped. No way to escape this time. During the meeting, we talked a little bit about my history, my fears, salvation, and Jesus. It was a nice conversation. They didn't force anything on me. I took it in and wanted to learn more. Something clicked that night and I prayed to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior right then. I was so excited that I drove home in absolute joy. I had to contain this excitement because of the chaos I would return home to. I was so excited, but I was still living in fear. Sharing good news was never acceptable, so I didn't tell anyone about this newfound change in my life. I didn't think the church would be excited for me, so I kept it mostly hidden to protect myself. The chaos at work the next day wouldn't stop my excitement for this new savior of mine. I had true joy in my heart for the first time. There will always be a day I will never forget. My week changed from this moment. This is what I will never understand about churches. They thrive when someone comes to Christ, but what happens after? I was constantly confused and thrown into the wolves of longer-term Christians. It's paying, it pays off here, guys. Hang with me. <laughs> Stay with me here. The studies were overwhelming because they all seemed to focus on people in faith for 20 or more years. I remember getting so overwhelmed that I left a Sunday school group in tears and haven't returned until months later. I became tired of pastors and other leaders preaching stuff like, Oh, you know the story, so I don't have to say anything. That frustrated me. What if there are people who don't? So this was the beginning of my journey to seek out other places that I could truly learn from and hopefully have a start to learn the basics of Christianity first. I have noticed a common theme with every church I went to after. There's nothing. There's no next step guidelines after salvation. They just throw newbies straight into the wolves like it's completely normal. This didn't feel right to me. 
Discovering my new self has, hasn't been easy. I got lost and I thought I had to be like other Christians and fit in with this new world I've now inherited. Things were changing in my personal life as well. My friends started noticing the changes and didn't like me for it. My circle became smaller. I was left only with my boyfriend at the time, which wasn't helpful because he was constantly yelling at me and making me feel defeated. Even much to have a hand come at me. When I finally escaped that October, I was done. No more. One of the places I drove to was the church from where my salvation was based on. It was cold and dark. I was there alone in a pile of tears. I always felt safe at church. It was my one place of peace in the middle of my chaotic life. I didn't know what to do. I was scared and left helpless. I reached out to other church members. They were proud of me for leaving. I ended up staying at a hotel and then later with another church member until I found a place of my own. Literally one week later, I was in my own apartment. How did that happen? I received a few confirmations that it was just God at work doing what he's famous for. Definitely a God moment for sure. This was the very beginning of realizing the truth of this community. One lady totally went behind my back and straight to the pastor to ask for any counseling services for me. It might be different if she asked me if it would be all right to ask the pastor, but she didn't. She didn't see anything wrong with that. I didn't want him to know. I didn't want many people to know. She broke that trust. I knew it felt off for a reason, but now as a Christian, I just needed to give her grace and move on until I found out other issues people had as well. I wasn't the only one. She was constantly making me feel so small and pathetic. I eventually went to counseling. Don't get me wrong, I have nothing against counseling. My eventual counselor was amazing and she used her own background to help others overcome theirs. I just have to say, many counselors have no clue how to deal with people. I understand the heart many people have, but they often do things so very wrong. Yeah. I got lost in the counseling world. I enjoyed the breakthroughs, but I was hating what I was becoming because of what I thought I needed to be in order to be a Christian. No Christian in my community seemed to understand that. It didn't feel right to me. Anytime I would rant about being a Christian and churches, the only people who would respond and understand would be people who don't even have Christ or go to church at all. That This didn't sit well with me. I understand it's natural for others to hate on faith since we're all sinful, but the people part is what got to me. How can I be myself away from my from church, but in the church? I have to pretend to be someone who I'm not. It honestly felt like a cult to me. What happened to come as you are? I love Jesus, but I hate the church. The people skills are pure garbage. Yes, I'm the biggest hypocrite here. There was one slogan with another church that I loved, where broken people find new meaning to life. We're all broken, but we all just need a chance to come together, no matter the background. When I first arrived here, it was amazing. (laughs) Amazing. It was real. The transparency was amazing. There were people with dyed hair. (laughs) There were others with tattoos. There was no judgment here. I needed that. I didn't have to pretend anymore. 
Counseling was the last thing of consideration. Community was the main focus, besides Jesus and his salvation, of course. This is truly a come-as-you-are church. So I stopped going to counseling. It was hard since I loved her so much, but I just needed to stop. Yes, I'm still going through a lot, but I'm still a human too. I'm not going to lose myself again. Things began to change when I let go of this typical church mindset. I began feeling free again. Yes, I understand change happens with knowing Jesus. But the more I think about the typical church, it is just wrong with their approach to people. I've now found a mix and belonging with Christianity and approach with the world. My desires and values changed, but relating to people has been restored. Our church is failing. <laughs> Hang with me here. Our church is failing. This is why I wanted to bring all this up. BRB, Bible reading. Nice to see you. Thank you for tuning in. Plane runner, full blown. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, our church is failing. My next point. My final point. <laughs> I'm well aware I could be wrong with any of these. But it's also hard to understand and talk when you're the only one talking. So forgive me if there's any wrong judgment, but I just feel the need to be honest no matter what. Are American churches failing? The failure to see people as they are. I've come to realize that most pastors especially are clueless when it comes to people, especially people from broken environments. They all seem to come from this typical nuclear family, and their parents are still married and happy to this day. Don't get me wrong. That's still amazing. I'm happy for God's blessing over them. The amount of blessings and abundance was high since the day they were born. Anything less than this, anything less than this standard, then it's often into broken territory. If we're all broken and need a savior, then why does the church have to remain so separate based on only the environment we grew up from? They often forget that there are real people out there just wondering about the longing for something bigger. Communication skills have left the building a long time ago. Um, <laughs> parentheses. Again, I'm the biggest hypocrite here. No one wants to talk. No one wants to listen. No one wants to try to relate or understand. No one wants to pray over hardships. This is what gets to me the most now. Most churches are just robots. What we all need the most is just authentic community. If it's the house of God, then why isn't prayer a focus either? It took me a long time to realize that prayer is just a conversation to God. I didn't have to fancy it up and pray for two plus hours straight. I could if I wanted to. That's a different story. There's a main reason why people don't go to church, other than the typical sinner mentality, and I don't blame them. I completely understand. Much more now than ever before. Another point of why I think churches are failing is because of what happens to a new believer after salvation. Churches thrive when someone comes to Christ, but there are often no next steps to do after. I was constantly thrown into group after group with more confusion. How can I know about this when I don't even know what happened in the beginning? I was constantly overwhelmed. I had no clue what I was doing or what I was learning. Yes, my tears, my fears were unfortunately another factor due to what I shared previously. 
Um, they would just throw newbies right into the lion's den with no preparation of who we are now with Christ. Discipleship is lost. Yeah. <laughs> I love, side note, me, Sean, side note. I love, yeah, hi, hi BRB. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Love you. Um, I love how I love how she writes like being thrown into the wolves, being thrown into the lion's den with going to church. <laughs> and we'll get into it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my thoughts after this. We'll talk about that. It took me a long time. So back to her. It took me a long time to understand what repentance really means. It took me a long time to realize the new creation part. I had no clue. I had no guide. Any question I had, I would get a very tiny answer back that wasn't helpful at all. Or if it was way too long and confusing that I went from salvation to seminary in one night. There were a few times my questions got answered clearly and I was thankful, but not enough. I know now all I needed to do was just open up the Bible and let God do the work, but it was hard to come to in this very beginning. Pastors are clueless here. I'm still afraid to read anything in the Old Testament because there's a lot of crazy stuff in there. <laughs> I still wish there was a church willing to help with after salvation so I wouldn't have to wait so long after tears and misery to God. God has definitely heard enough of these pains. I'm not the greatest when it comes to patience. I honestly don't think I was really saved until a couple of years later, December 2020. So just, you know, six, five months ago. When I began to really be honest with God, I realized if I can't be transparent with God, then who can I be real with? Things began to change when I was just honest with him. I didn't have to hide and pretend to be anyone else with him anymore. Fear started leaving my life more, and I truly felt free from my emotions and everything else just by taking it to God. There's nothing he can't handle. I have seen the light in 2020, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Jesus. I'm concluding this on my release with fear. As you have read, fear has controlled my life in more ways than one. All the way since childhood, fear was a motivator in everything I did. If I didn't do what people wanted me to do, I would get yelled at or worse. This continued with any situation I had with anyone who had come to know over the years. I pretended to be other people and did what they wanted to do because I was afraid. I was never liked for myself. I always had to mold myself into what I thought was right. Early this year, I prayed, most likely pleading with God because I didn't want to be afraid of men my entire life. I was shaking. I wouldn't even look at them in the eye with fear of what they could do and just would constantly search the women every, anywhere. I was afraid of Jesus. I thought Jesus was going to hurt me like the other men in my life before. God answered that prayer and took that fear away. And I didn't even realize it until recently. Wow. <laughs> Looking back through this year, I think I have talked to more men than, than women this year. Alone. Whether male coworkers or male strangers in the grocery store or anyone else. That fear is gone. Fear doesn't control my life anymore, and I praise God every day. I feel like I have life again. Even if I'm not accepted in my own earthly family, I will always be comforted knowing of this new adopted family I now have in and through Christ. The song Good Good Father still gets to me even this day. God is good. God is good. 
He's still answering prayers, even in this chaotic 2020 year. I am proof of that. He still remained faithful, even when everyone else vanished. He still remained, even when I was stubborn. He's a good father. He wants to help. His children, all we need to do is ask and believe. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's talk about it. So. Thanks for sticking with me. Yeah, there's spelling mistakes. Yeah, there's grammatical errors, whatever. And even like right now, like as I'm reading the first part, I'm just like, oh, 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 honey, oh, sweetheart, come on, come on, just ah, uh, yeah, uh. <laughs> you're missing the point. You don't get it. You don't know. Like ah, uh, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. But obviously, something happened. Something happened and turned around. She understood that she was a sinner. She understood that she had fear. She understood her fallen state nature. She was started to truly grasp that she was broken, that she was weak, that she was living in sin, um, that she had so many problems. And finally, after kind of lying about it, after going to some churches, after kind of pretending and going through the motions of thinking she overcame and thinking she had salvation, she finally broke down and seems like December 2020 and truly repented, truly asked God to help her see herself and to see what she needed to do, um, truly accept Christ as Savior. And now, what? No more fear. <laughs> no more fear. No more tears. Even if I'm not accepted by my own earthly family and my surroundings, I will always be comforted in, in, in this new adopted family I now have through Christ. The, God is good. He's still answering prayers even, this, even in this chaotic 2020 year. I am proof of that. He still remained faithful even when everyone else vanished. He still remained even when I was stubborn. He's a good father. He wants to help his children. All we need to do is ask and believe. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, her life when she was early as a kid, just being like, God, why is bad things happening? Why is evil happen? Are you even there? Are you listening? Do you care? You know, <laughs> and then even kind of going through the motions of like going to churches for, the, for a few times, going through the motions, like saying that you're saved, maybe going and getting like water baptized and being like, yeah, I'm saved and feeling good. And everyone's smiling and like, yay, glad you're at the church. Glad you're saved. Woo. And then everyone's doing in-depth Bible studies about Samuel, <laughs> Joseph. And you're like, I don't even know what is happening. I don't understand the context. I don't understand this. I don't really get what's going on. Um, I thought I was saved, but I'm not. I'm still struggling with fear. I'm still struggling with sin. I'm still struggling with all these problems. Um, and like going back to the pamphlet, the good father that I read earlier, Bible reading bear, <laughs> bedridden bear, um, took me years after my Christian baptism to see what was, what was saved, saved meant. Yeah. It took me years after my Christian baptism to see what being saved meant. Yeah. 11 years. Yeah. I'm glad it did. I'm glad you did. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it takes extra time to realize that your true father in heaven is your path. He provides you a path through his son, Jesus Christ, to his salvation. And a lot of people will just say with their lips, you know, I'm saved. I trust. I have faith. I'm obedient. I'm a servant, you know, and with their heart, they just don't get it. They don't get it. They don't know. And they're so desperate. Like this, this, this young lady, she's desperate for community she's desperate for people that like accept her as as she is broken and weak and fearful um which many churches yeah cannot do i have like 12 different lines of thought i'm trying to 
simplify right now, so so bear with me. But <laughs> there is a failure of the American churches of that. I feel like the American church has taken two extremes. The extreme of we accept you as you are and you were made that way and you're great just that way. Everything about you is great. There's no need to change anything. You're awesome. You're perfect. You're great. And there's another end of the spectrum that's like, you're horrible no matter what you do. <laughs> you're a sinner. You're evil. You're broken. And you don't belong here. Like you don't belong in our church because you're because of your past, because of your sins, because of the brokenness in your life. And the American church needs to find that middle ground. I mean, the church, Jesus's church, needs to find that middle ground of, yes, we accept you. We accept you as you are. You are also a sinner that needs salvation. You are also broken and weak and you need salvation. There needs to be a middle ground where churches accept everyone. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're gay, if you're a different skin color, if you're a different gender, if you have tattoos on your body or dyed hair, like she said, um, if your whole past is just being a disastrous nightmare like me, like just out being a degenerate heathen, blaspheming God on podcasts and just, you know, sex, porn, drugs, just ungodly living in every way, unrighteous living and just denials of God. Um, those people need to be accepted into the church. I'm messing up my spectrum here visually. But those people need to be welcomed into the church. You are broken. Welcome in. Now, let's save you. Now, let's provide you with the salvation you need and you deserve. Um, we're not rejecting you because of the way you look or because of your past sins, your past transgressions. The church needs to welcome everybody as they are and seek to provide them with the salvation they need. And she's so right about that. Like, I am someone who was living in that darkness and was born again. So now I'm like, hey, let me go find a church. Let me go find people like me and go find a church. And it's like every church I go into is just, I was saved when I was eight years old. My family's great. My life is great. You know, Jesus is, is everything so positive and loving. Jesus is great. Jesus loves me. Um, everything is great. Life is great. Just, just trust Jesus and everything is great. And then I'm like, yeah, like I used to be a degenerate sinner heathen. And everyone's like, ew, gross. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah, don't date my daughter. Oh, don't, you know, oh, get away from me, you, you sinner. You, you used to be a sinner. You, you know, oh, your parents raised you wrong or your life has been has been uh, bad and hard and, and yucky. Just get away from me. You know, that, we, you don't belong in our church. Our church is for good people. Our church is for good people, not people like you. And I'm like, but I'm saved now, you know. <laughs> But I'm saved now, and even if I wasn't, even if I was broken and lost still, you should be welcoming me in and seeking to provide me with the salvation that I need and that I deserve. And so, yeah, churches fail. Churches are either going in too much of a progressive Christianity sense where it's like, oh, you're gay? God made you that way. You're, you're great just the way you are. Don't let anyone tell you that you're, that you're lost or you're weak or you're broken or that you need to be saved. You're great just the way you are. We welcome you as you are and just stay that way. Yay, great. And we can't go in the opposite direction where we go, you're a sinner or you used to be a sinner and you don't belong here. You dress a certain way. You look a certain way. Your, your skin color is a certain way. Your gender is a certain way. You don't belong here. We need to find that middle ground of, yes, 
you're weak, you're lost, you're broken, you need to be born again. And the church needs to say, welcome in to our doors, let us help you. <laughs> Just like a hospital would welcome in someone sick or someone with a, an injury or a wound and say, yes, you are sick. Yes, you are welcome to come into our doors. And yes, we will be providing you with the salvation, with the cure that you need to your sickness. And yeah, so she's so right about the churches. It's, it kind of takes these two extremes of you're not welcome here and you haven't been a, a Christian for long enough to understand what we're doing. You don't dress the right way. You don't look the right way. Um, so get out. So get. <laughs> and then there's also the opposite where everyone is just too into accepting people as they are and not actually providing them with the salvation they need, which is being born again into the spirit of God, which is getting over the death you are living in, in your fallen state nature. The way you were born is your fallen state. And where you need to be born again is a true, righteous, spiritual connection with Jesus, with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, let's see Bible reading saying. Once you surrender, you will, you, your life will change to talk and walk like Jesus. Tattoos and all, yeah. All fake, yeah, all fake people. Us sinners have the strongest testimonies and the most powerful warriors and are the most powerful warriors for Christ. God didn't make gays. Like, he didn't make us being lustful or drug addicts. Yeah. Yes and no. I think God made people and those people are born into a fallen state. Um, kind of, you know, I mean, my family's Irish, right? <laughs> I'm like 75% Irish blood in me. You don't think I'm predisposed to alcoholism and like addictions to alcohol? Like that's, I was born that way, you know? So I have to overcome that. I have to overcome this, like this way I was born. Yes, I was born with like a predisposition to being an addict to things, to substances, to material, physical solutions, to spiritual problems. Yes, I was born that way. Yes, fact, I was born that way. But we are to be born again. We are to overcome that. We are to be born again and to reconnect with God and live in a, in a, in a, not in a fallen state, but in the light and in the love of God. Um, if you are born gay, yes, you're born gay. You are born and raised gay. Sorry about that, but you must be born again. You must be born into God in his right ways. Um, but yeah, no one wants to have that conversation, do they? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, you were born that way, and yes, you need to be born again. We are all sinners, and we need salvation. Gospel in three words. The summary of the gospel of Jesus Christ in three words is salvation for sinners. Salvation for sinners. You are a sinner, and you must be saved. And God afforded you that salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Um, Bible reading, go back and watch the replays because I read a couple pamphlets that are explaining this very well. Um, yeah. This letter comes from the heart of God to tell you that he loves you and that he is the father you've been looking for all your life. The promises God makes in these words are from the Bible. From the Bible are directed to his children, those who have placed their trust and love in God's Son, Jesus, as their Savior. And the good news is, the gospel is, that you too can become a child of God. You too can become a child of God.
If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me, and nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father, and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. So yeah, going back to the being thrown in the den of wolves, <laughs> into the lion's den of this woman's testimony. Um, yeah, it can be that way. It's tough when you are truly found. When you were lost and you are found. And you truly are born again. And you truly have come home. And you feel so great. And you want to share it with people. And you want to connect with people that are like that. And you're so amped up and you're excited and you're on fire for God and you're like ready to get going like let's do this let's build God's kingdom and then you start going to churches and they're like being weird and crazy or they're being weak they're being scared they're being angry they're being judgmental and you're like what <laughs> what what how why and that's the failure of the American church the American church has succumbed to this world they, uh, we are called to be merely in this world, not of this world. And the American church has become fully of this world. And they offer and provide material solutions to spiritual problems like counseling and, you know, fake words, phony words and whatever. Um, and I could just keep ranting about this for another hour incoherently. I'll have to make it more concise and bring it back on a, a future podcast I get into. But basically, salvation is between you and God, not between you and a church, not between you and other people. And other people's judgment just means that they aren't saved. Um, yeah. And just always remember, um, anonymous female testimony, um, that you and God, the, your relationship between you and God is all that matters. It's all that's important. And overcoming your fallen state, recognizing that you are a sinner and that you need to repent for that, Recognizing that you need to also forgive others for their sins, for other forgiving others for what they've done to you, and repenting of what you've done to others, and returning to God, returning to his truth, his love, and all his right ways with an obedient, humble heart. Um, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters, and that's all you need, and that's all you'll ever need. And I'll just leave it at that. I, I need to think more and get my thoughts a little more concise. But yeah, I just wanted to share that testimony because I've faced a lot of similar things, <laughs> a lot of similar circumstances. Being raised by weak and broken people, sinners who don't want to admit that they are sinners and who don't want to even admit that God is real. And the inevitable, the inevitable result of that is a life of fear, a life of anger, a life of constantly seeking physical solutions, you know, sex, drugs, constant temporary pleasure seeking to fill that emptiness in your heart and the solution that you truly need the solution that you're truly looking for is the father is the father who loves you who loves you and doesn't want to see you suffer and die um, the father that wants to provide you with the life that you deserve through his life through his light and we'll pull that meme back up john 1 4 in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life you deserve, the truly born-again life that you deserve, is provided to you through his light, through his truth, through his words. 
and the Father loves you. Always remember that the Father loves you. Um, we'll just end it there. We'll call it a week. Well, that was a good welcome back stream. Thank you for putting with. <laughs> thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for tuning in, BRB. I uh, love you and glad you were here. Yeah, check out bitshoot.com/shambiplanet or shambiplanet on YouTube to catch the replay of this. I read some awesome pamphlets earlier. Um, hope all is well too. Glad to, glad to hear from you. Glad you're tuning in, and I hope all is well. Yeah. No, they would have to look inside themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right on and um yeah so yeah that's gonna be it for today feels good to be back at it and back with you yeah you have a wonderful weekend too brb um feels good to be back i'll be back every saturday morning um here live on sean v planet on the on the live stream trovo youtube d live periscope twitch if twitch ever works and the replays will be on all the podcast apps in the audio form. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, everywhere, basically. Um, you can catch the replays of my streams in audio form. Or BitChute and YouTube have my streams in the visual form. Um, be on the lookout. Also, Tuesday nights or Monday nights, whichever I have free that week, I will be doing my good news for my dudes, devotional reading streams, live on my Instagram account if you want to tune in live and talk and chat while I do it. If not, good news for my dudes on YouTube has all the replays and also my website, Sean V. Planet, has all the replays. And be on the lookout for my Fix and Gravy deep dive streams. I'm going to get into Genesis. I'm going to get into Realm Earth and old his our old our old true history um, and how much that's been covered up and grappled. <laughs> um, um, BRB, we are moving to Tennessee. They accepted our offer. I'll be there hopefully in the fall. That's awesome. Hit me up. Hit me up and join Tentaria. Uh, go to um, at Tentaria on Instagram and hit me up. Hit up my DMs. I'll send you some links and some invites on stuff. Um, if you're in the Nashville area, that's dope. Let's kick it. Um, if not, we'll have to just do some road trips and hang out every once in a while. But that's awesome. Yeah, welcome to Tennessee. I'll be Tennesseeing you soon. <laughs> um, yeah, and for now, make sure to pursue what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful. All my people, all my dudes, all my ladies, have faith, be loyal, stay hopeful, always stay hopeful. And be good, do good, love and be loved. I love all you guys. Have a great week. And I'll see you here next week. Saturday morning, 10 a.m. <laughs>